The OCD and Anxiety Podcast by Robert James Coaching. Hello and welcome to the OCD and Anxiety Podcast, where we explore how to have a more positive relationship with anxiety disorders, taking back control so that you can start living the life you choose and not the one chosen by your fears. Hello everybody and welcome to episode... 100 <laughs> and uh, I can't believe we're here it's absolutely amazing when I started this uh, this podcast just over a year ago it started to do fairly well and uh, you know it started to pick up in popularity and um, it's really gone on from strength to strength and it's down to you guys so I wanted to take the opportunity to to thank you for for listening the numbers just keep going up and up and so you know without you guys the podcast wouldn't be here so thank you so much for listening and I look forward to carrying on this journey with you at to episode 200. There is plenty more to come in the future. If you are struggling with OCD and anxiety then you can get a free session with me. To get that all you need to do is to head over to my website www.robertjamescoaching.com and there you can leave me a message and we can arrange that free session. In today's podcast, I interview the brilliant um, OCD specialist, Paul McCarroll. And in a topic which I think is actually quite fitting for episode 100, we take a look at the difference between trying to find the cure for OCD and actually truly accepting and learning to live with OCD uh, and anxiety. And as you'll find in this uh, podcast, you know, this isn't about resignation to always suffering with OCD and anxiety. It's about learning how to live with it in in an extremely positive way. In my experiences of struggling with OCD, the actual cure uh, isn't some kind of uh, magic pill. It's about doing the things that are truly important to you in your life, really living your life by your values, despite the OCD and anxiety turning up sometimes. Because the honest truth is, from, from my experiences, the less attention that you give uh, to the OCD, uh, the less is going to bother you. To get in touch with Paul, you can find him on Instagram at BeFreeFromOCD or you can check out his website www.BeFreeFromOCD.com. So many thanks guys and I really hope that you enjoyed the episode today. Hi Paul, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you back on. Hi Rob, um, it's, it's great to be back again. Thanks for having me on. That's great to, to have you here. Your last podcast was extremely popular. Uh, so I thought it would be a great idea to, to have you back on. And um, how are things going with you? Everything everything good over there in Ireland? Things have been going well, Rob. We actually, um, it actually feels like more, um, I'm in Barcelona, like where you are. We've had a bit of a heat wave um, over here, which is, has been great to see. Um, us Irish are usually pale skin creatures, so... Um, it takes a little a little while to adapt, but, it, but it's great to see. Um, and, and obviously the, the good weather um, is, is good for the, for the mental health as well. So it's great from that side of things. Very busy with, with work and, um, and seeing clients, but I always like to 
to make sure I, I, I devote some time to, you know, people who are maybe struggling and who maybe want to learn some some new ways of coping. So it, it's great to be back again. Fantastic. Now you're absolutely spot on. I think getting, you know, when we do have a good summer, you know, in the UK and Ireland, it can be quite rare. But when we do have sunshine, you know, if you can get out there and enjoy that, I think, you know, I think that has a massive effect on on generally how you feel. So definitely a good thing to do. Um, yeah. To today, we wanted to to focus on um, talking about uh, the the difference between uh, looking for a cure for OCD and learning how to to manage OCD because obviously there's a big difference between uh, the two. Um, you know, often looking for the cure can be actually a bit of a problem. So do you want to, could you tell us a little bit about that, please? I know you have some, some ideas around this area that I think can, can be really helpful for, for people. Absolutely, Rob. And I think it's a, it's a great, um, a great conversation. Um, I mean, probably I'll speak first of all from, from a personal viewpoint. I know that um, when I had, you know, very uh, severe OCD in my teenage years, as I started to, to make improvements, what I really was looking for was cure. What I was looking for was the cessation, the ending of difficult thoughts and feelings. I was yeah. looking to get rid of any types of, of urges to make me do things which I know were not very logical, but I still felt compelled to do. For me, what, what cure actually meant was not having any of these difficult internal experiences ever again. Um, as I'm sure you can resonate with, Absolutely. Rob, as I'm sure yeah. you can relate to. Yeah. As I'm sure that and, and the clients that I work with, many initially start off looking for that. But I think, you know, and I think that's why it's a very good conversation because, you know, if we're looking at cure from that angle of never having a difficult thought again, you know, I think you're looking into the realms of, of impossibility. Because even if we try something as simple as saying, do not think about a pink elephant. You know, the first thing you nearly do is think of some semblance of, of a pink elephant. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, so, so really thoughts can happen and they can happen very easily and they can happen very automatically. So as I began my, my own recovery journey um, and as I was looking for the cure or the magic wand or the magic bullet, whatever you want to call it, um, it nearly became a compulsion in itself. You know, I sort of, I remember saying this before in the previous podcast, Rob, I became a bit of a self-help junkie. Um, you know, spending yeah. time in bookshops and on Google and, you know, seeing different therapists and always looking for this thing that would end all my ills. Um, ironically, it seemed to get me more stuck and get me more bogged down. Um, so then that opened up the door. Okay, well, if cure isn't a feasible option, what is actually possible um i suppose before going into the realms of possibility i don't know maybe um if you want to maybe if you have anything to share on that rob yourself yeah absolutely i mean um i I think the way i see it is it's kind of looking for that cure constantly wanting to to find you know that the perfect solution to the problem is is you know at the very heart of ocd this this search for perfectionism um you know and um i think also it's kind of anti-acceptance 
um, you know, as you and I have found, um, you know, through through uh, through our own experiences with OCD, and also through our own experiences of of you know either coaching from my my perspective or therapy from your perspective, you know, using acceptance commitment therapy, um, the way that it functions and and works tremendously well is obviously you know acceptance and if we're always focused on looking for the cure we are we're not doing that we are not accepting it um it doesn't mean however that you can't uh you know expect to be better you can't expect to, you know of course you, you want to be better you don't want to be struggling like yeah. you are uh however you know first of all if you can let go of that search um for that perfect solution then automatically you're going to start accepting and you are going to start feeling better anyway. 100% Rob, I mean, you couldn't have said that any, any better. And I think that, you know, a lot of the clients that I work with, and you obviously have to be very careful in terms of how you parcel it, because what we're not selling is resignation. We're not selling that you have to just put up and bear with this chronic problem for the rest of your life. Far from it. You know, what I'm actually saying and what I try and demonstrate through my own life and through my own recovery journey is that you know you can have difficult thoughts and difficult feelings that show up you can have urges to do behaviors which you know don't make sense which you know are really going to keep you stuck and you can choose to do a more productive behavior and you can choose to live a more valued life now of course that's a skill that takes time because of what that skill involves is actually trying to take the power, take the sting out of some of these difficult thoughts and feelings. But where I where I differ and where I see, you know, the the real sort of recovery side of things is that we're going to spend less time trying to get rid of thoughts and feelings and more time learning to sort of manage them appropriately. Um, and that's when the likes of your acceptance and commitment therapy can come in. That's where your mindfulness skills come in. That's where the likes of Jeffrey Schwartz uh, brain lock four step method, where we're learning to sort of reframe these thoughts and was almost like false alarms and putting our attention and energy into more wholesome things. Um, so I think it's it's why I mentioned Rob about the, the possibility of talking about this subject because it's something which I think the drive for perfection, the drive for cure, the drive for the end of all negative internal experiences paradoxically seems to nearly keep your focus on them absolutely yeah and i yeah the the use of the word paradox you know when it comes to ocd it, it appears again and again you know you, we, we keep seeing it and um yeah i i think you're correct as well in saying that you can you can be feeling better from ocd maybe perhaps you you know you've come across uh somebody on online who who does seem to think that they have the uh, the magic pill for OCD and and you know so you read this article or you listen to this video from them and you follow their advice and perhaps you know for for a day or two you think wow this is really working I found the cure for OCD and you know I think I definitely fell into this trap um you know at some point you know in my 20s when I was really struggling um, yeah. But the problem is, uh, as, as we were kind of alluding to earlier, is that, you know, you've slipped into a, a non-acceptance mindset. So at some point, when a, a stray thought does pop up again, or, you know, a sensation or whatever, an image, 
that corresponds to 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 one of your uh, obsessions you're going to freak out because you're going to be so frustrated you're going to think oh no i thought i was there i thought i'd actually found the cure this time and suddenly yeah. out of nowhere yeah. it's come back because you're not in that acceptance mindset and yeah. you know obviously then you know once you have that thought and you start to kind of panic a little bit because you start thinking oh no it's going to come back and before you know it you can feel like you're you know you're back at square one and all of these thoughts and and images kind of rush back in on you and it can be very counterproductive i think a hundred percent and i think i mean i've always liked the analogy that you know thoughts and feelings they're very much like the weather um and the fact of that they're always present but they're also always changing as well so what I like about that analogy is that, you know, when you do have a difficult thought and feeling, it's it's a recognition that, you know, with the right plan, the right skill and the right focus, that the, a lot of these things can be temporary. It'll come back again down the line. Like you said, you know, you'll maybe go through, you know, you'll be applying your, your refocusing skills. You'll be doing the act work. You'll be doing exposure and response prevention. You feel you're doing brilliant and life's going really well and you're in very positive form. And then, but for, for whatever reason, life happens and some of these challenging and difficult thoughts show up. But I think, you know, when that happens, it's about recognizing that it's a, it's a fork in the road as opposed to a failure. You know, um, I love the Japanese proverb, which says, fall down seven times, get up eight. So it's a recognition that sometimes you will fall. Sometimes that urge to wash the hands again that urge to basically touch the door handle, you know, because if you don't, then something bad's going to happen to your family. That may show up because we are, you know, our brains are very historical. You know, the majority of clients I work with, Rob, and I'm sure you can probably resonate from your own experience that OCD just didn't happen overnight. You know, most clients I see, they've had a history there, you know, and it's a history that has been chronic. At the same time, that does not mean that you have to have a bleak future. What it does mean is that you just have to be aware that sometimes these thoughts and feelings may show up. Um, but as you yeah. and I, as you and I, without sort of being conceited or blowing our own trumpets, we've, we've, we, people like you and I illustrate that you can live a full and meaningful life, even with the challenges of OCD and anxiety. You know, yourself, you're a big advocate of being active and doing a lot of outdoor stuff. You know, I think part of the part of the work of recovery is focusing on more important things than getting stuck in your own mind and getting into this battle with OCD, which paradoxically, as you said, seems to get you more stuck. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think, yeah, you know, I think this is really true. And I think it also relates very much uh, here um, to um, acceptance commitment therapy, because you know, of course, then we have acceptance at the start, but then we, you know, we move on to to values, which is kind of the wider picture there that you were referring to. Absolutely. Uh, you know, you can focus in on those things that are truly important to you that perhaps you've stopped doing because you know, the uh, obsessions are so strong and you're so distracted by them so often. Um, this, you know, it's what tends to happen is people do stop doing the, the, the important things that give their life meaning. Uh, and obviously, when that happens, we have less things to do, and we tend to focus even more on the obsessions. And so, you know, if we can do the opposite of that, if we can really try to keep ourselves 
focused on the bigger picture and the values that are really important to us, that can keep us moving in the right direction. And it can really help us to actually bring that acceptance that, that you're talking about there, you know, to, to the uh, OCD, because, you know, you, as you just alluded to, you really can live a very full and meaningful uh, life yeah. with OCD. It's not a problem yeah. at all. And actually, you know, what I, how I like to try to look at it, even though at times it can be very hard, you know, when the thoughts, uh, you know, are coming up and they're very frustrating, you know, it can be helpful to, to kind of think about it from, you know, what is this trying to teach me? What is this trying to show me there? You know, is there a reason for why I'm experiencing this? When I try to look at it from that perspective, it can be a little bit more easy for me to accept it. But also I can actually learn from this experience. I can learn, you know, that I can actually, I can actually teach myself through different methods, through meditation, through yeah. learning to be more in the present, through breath work. To, to be yeah. more accepting of these difficult emotions and even to yeah. explore some of these emotions because, you know, I, I really do feel that behind OCD, you know, is, is a kind of a, a, an issue at heart of allowing certain emotions to come to the surface. Um, mm -hmm. You know, not allowing anxiety to, to come up, not allowing ourselves to, to feel it. And, uh, yeah, but you sort of can't handle it. Yeah, yeah, there, there, exactly. There, there's this kind of voice kind of coming up from somewhere saying, I can't yeah. handle that. And so I, I'm going to have to perform this compulsion. You know, the yes. truth is that you can handle it. However, there's a part of you that recognizes that, you know, this, this anxiety is difficult to deal with. And that's why, you know, we develop OCD. It's a kind of coping mechanism, though, to, yeah. to deal with that anxiety. Absolutely right, Rob. And I think, I mean, part of the work that I do when I work with clients, I would use a, a lot of metaphor. I sometimes bring in some educational videos or information. And one of the educational videos I do show is a clip from um, The Wizard of Oz. And it's a scene sort of towards the end where basically the, the sort of the wizard is there, that big sort of like ghostly sort of terrifying figure is basically shouting and roaring at them. Um, and actually, you know, you can see how scared and terrified they are. But literally, the wee dog, wee Toto, he sort of goes in and he goes in behind the curtain and he sees, actually, you know what, it's just, a, it's just an old man that's basically saying this and doing all this. And, and sometimes I sort of liken that to a bit like OCD, where when that voice within is that almost, as I would call, like a, a dictator within, when it's getting so loud, it almost feels like, you know, you have to listen to it. You have to pay attention. You have to do whatever it says. But when you really maybe can see it for what it is, and like it's almost like a, like a like a scared old man or a scared little wee child who, who really you know is probably there's there's like a fear though that you know can you cope with this? Can you handle this? You know what happens if you don't wash your hands? What happens if you touch this again and something bad happens? You know, but actually when we can learn to see that actually you know what. I can drive my bus of life. I can go towards the destination of a new career, a new relationship of, of maintaining friendships, of doing what is important to me. And in my car, in my bus, I can bring anxiety for the ride. I can bring OCD along. You know, it's a skill that at, at is maybe initially challenging to do. But I think what I love about the work that you and I do, Rob, 
and the liberating factor about it is that we don't have to get rid of anything. The stuff can show up, but we're learning the skill of, okay, I'm going to live my life, not despite of, but even if the stuff shows up. So like you said, I think a really important part, you know, when we try and get rid of, delete, push away our difficult thoughts and feelings, it's a bit like putting that beach ball underwater when you're when you're down at the down at the sea, especially like you know I have been in, in this recent hot weather. You know, it just bounces back up on you with more force. Um, so really, I see the skill of this work. What I really equate recovery to be is, on occasion, we will still get difficult thoughts and feelings. Me, as an experienced therapist, as someone who's had OCD for the cut of twenty years, do I still get difficult thoughts sometimes? Absolutely. Do I get it urges to do rituals. Yes, I do. Do I do those rituals? Very, very rarely. In fact, to the point I would nearly say that, you know, that, that they're not there. But I never go as far as cure because I know that, you know, that it'll still try and rear its head sometimes. But I feel that I have a, a wellness toolkit there, which helps to, to keep me well and on the right path. Yeah, that's brilliant. And uh, some fantastic analogies there. The the Wizard of Oz one, I think, is is absolutely spot on. Actually, I think you had like three analogies in a row there. You know, that must be a record for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, the, um, go on. it's something which I, I, I believe in, in the power of metaphor, because I think people can, can relate mm-hmm. to. Um, yeah. But it's uh, hope, hopefully some of the listeners can, can relate to that also. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, I think uh, maybe something to mention here as well is, um, you know, using using the metaphor of, from Wizard of Oz, um, you know, this this kind of scared old man that that we're kind of referring to as the OCD uh, and perhaps even underneath that, that discomfort, that anxiety, that horrible feeling that that the you know that is kind of in exile we don't want to experience it it's so so important that that we put an arm around that that feeling i think that you know acceptance what what is it what does it mean how do we do it i think self compassion here is incredibly important and like with you know uh, an, an an old person that needs a bit of uh, a bit of caring and attention yeah we need to, yeah. you know, just to take the metaphor a little bit further, we need to kind of, you know, put an arm around these, these feelings and to truly experience them in order to, you know, to, to bring them back to us to, you know, they can't be in exile. They, they do. We do have to take ownership of them. And, you know, when we can do that, when we can truly put an arm around those, those, uh, those emotions and embrace them, I think that's when when true change really starts to to occur. Absolutely brilliant point, Rob. And I think it's it's the recognition, you know, I know that for me in the past that, you know, especially when I was still in that cure frame of mind, that the only way I can get better is by the by getting rid of this completely, is that when some of these difficult thoughts and feelings would return, I would have got very hard on myself. Um, I would have almost and still to this day I work with, but I would have had a in some areas in life, like a harsh inner critic. And when OCD would show up, the symptoms even after being to therapy, even after reading self-help material, after applying this for, for a number of years, you know, you, you do sort of really, well, I do be very hard on myself and think, you know, what am I doing wrong? 
why is this you know still showing up i'm supposed to be a therapist and sometimes he's not show up for me but believe it or not i think the what really supplemented my personal life and also the work i do is this implementation of self-compassion you know i often say i mean you can't pour from an empty cup you know you cannot be a support to others if you don't first look after yourself and i don't see that as a selfish thing i see that as a selfless thing because you know in order to be your best self you have to look after yourself and sometimes that means that if you do get a difficult thought or feeling if maybe maybe part of your exposure and response prevention is that you're going to do your behavior one last time or you're mm. going to spend five minutes less at the sink and maybe maybe there's one day it just gets too much you've had things going on maybe your kid didn't sleep very well or you aren't getting on with your wife and and sometimes it just feels too much that if you give in on occasion that's okay that's not an antidote to beat yourself up as long as you can say to yourself next time i'm gonna try again I'm not going to see it as a, as a failure. But next time, you know, I've given this time, we're not going to make it habit. We'll try again. And I think that that's, a, in my opinion, the healthier way of looking at those times when we do maybe not follow through on our exposure and response prevention, or maybe when we do give in and, and do a ritual, that's okay as long as we get back on the bandwagon again. Yeah, I think it links into uh, to the expression, the Japanese expression you were talking about earlier. No, it's... Uh, allowing ourselves to to make mistakes but making sure that we we get back up and we try again and uh yeah. you know if we yeah. if we're able to do that and keep that kind of mindset then you know it's very hard to not make progress i think in in the long term um fantastic so if, if you were going to give one one piece of advice in regards to what we were what what we've been discussing today um mm-hmm. what would it be Great question, Rob. Um, and I think probably um, probably a wee bit bit longer than maybe a, a single sentence. But it's it's the recognition that you can have a quality of life that you can do the things that are meaningful and important to you, even if a difficult thought shows up, even if an uncomfortable feeling arises in your tummy, even if you have that ritual to do something that you actually don't want to do, that you can actually in those moments. You can learn to hold those thoughts and feelings lightly. You can turn. You can learn to treat them less seriously, as opposed to like biblical truth. And you can reorient yourself, redirect your attention, and doing those things that matter. So for me, that's a healthier, more life-enhancing, less um, time-consuming activity than trying to spend your life trying to eradicate this stuff, which which is essentially um, impossible. Absolutely. I think that's a really, uh, really great message. And uh, yeah, I think you, uh, you put it perfectly there. If uh, Paul, if people want to get in touch with you um, for therapy or for whatever, how can they get in touch? Yeah, so, so first of all, um, I have my website. It's BeFreeFromOCD.com. That's all one word, all lowercase. Um, I'm very active um, on social media, in particular uh, on Instagram. And my Instagram is at be free from OCD. Again, all lowercase. Um, and also I can be contacted via email at paul.mccarroll. Um, that's my surname um, at be free from OCD.com. Fantastic. Okay, Paul. Well, uh, thanks so much for your, for your time today. It's been, uh, it's been great talking to you.
Yeah, and, and Rob, I appreciate your time and look forward to, to maybe chatting again in the future. Fantastic. Please remember, if you are struggling with OCD and anxiety, you can get a free consultation uh, with me. All you need to do to get that is to head over to my website, www.robertjamescoaching.com and uh, send me a message and we, we can sort that out. And if you like, you can also follow me on Instagram uh, at Robert James Coaching UK. Many thanks. And now just a quick reminder of my disclaimer. Any information that you view on my website, Instagram page, Facebook group, or anywhere else online, or any information that you listen to on the podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for actual medical or mental health advice from a doctor, psychologist, or any other medical or mental health professional.